I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Matt? Yo. Um, buddy, today is a big day. Huge day. As you put in your headphones. I love that immersive. Headphones that's, are on. That's immersive. Right Ready there. to rock. Wow. This is how you want to kick off a week. Mm. Even though everyone listening to this is a Friday. We, we it's actually the end of this. It's the end of theirs, beginning of ours. Mm. Um, if I was to say to you, I've been to the year 3000, what do you think? <laughs> I think that you need medical help because uh, <laughs> your vocal cords are broken. What is it? What is if I said, um, uh, that's what I go to school for. I'd ask more. I'd want to know what you go to school for. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I think I know what you're, what you're angling Where? Here. What am I saying? The guest that's coming on. Oh, you, you've got it, buddy. The, the detective. Yeah. Oh, oh so, so, sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, sorry. Did I just uncover the, <laughs> did I just solve the mystery? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Sherlock. I couldn't, get, I couldn't actually get the name up. Inspector Morse. Yeah. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Charlie Simpson from Busted, from Fightstar, uh, from the Masked Singer. He was Rhino on the Masked Singer recently um, on the podcast day. Now, guys, well, if you don't know how old you are listening to this right now, um, but if you were a teenager back in 2000, 2001, 2003, you would know who Busted is. You would know who Charlie Simpson is. And boy, would you have had a crush on him. He was a real stud. Not that he's not a stud now, but he was a stud. He was. He was on many, uh, many a wall, uh, including someone in the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they were formed in 2000. The band won two Brit Awards, released four studio albums and sold over five million records in three years. I thought it was only three years. Three it's years. It's a lot to do in three years. Isn't that insane? Yeah, three so years. That is a lot. Um, lots of interesting. Charlie then left the band at the height of it. At the height of Busted, he decided to leave. Mm. We talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about mental health. We talk about the music industry, loads of different things. We have a great chat with him. So without further ado, should we kick it off? Let's do it. Why don't you uh, intro it with another Busted number? Uh, well, <laughs> I've been to the... <laughs> Back to that one. All right. Okay. Epic. All right, everybody. Here we go. Ready on the podcast. Enjoy Charlie Simpson. 
Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, do you know what's funny is that for a while now, we've wanted to get you on. And yes. How long? Uh, quite a long time. I reckon since the beginning. Wow. Since the beginning. Oh, that's a, that's, that's, that is a long that time. That is a long time. I wrote, since we, we, we started the podcast, we didn't have guests on. And what happened with that is that after a while, we realised that we ran out of content. Yeah, <laughs> I've got nothing left to say. Yeah. Yeah. I've got nothing left. So we had to start getting guests right. on. You were one of the first people that oh, that's we, awesome, man. we wanted to get on. Well, I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, have you done a podcast before? I have. Um, I've never done a... I, obviously, I, I think I did my first one of the pandemic, which is over Zoom. So it's my first yeah. in-session mm. in podcast okay. do, you, do you like the experience so far I, I, I'm, I'm this studio is is, is awesome so I'm, i like the setup i like this moving thing yeah you got do you know what i mean it's very pro you've got headphones <laughs> yeah i've got headphones <laughs> Dude, do you know what i mean it's a real like, podcast you know, some podcasts are probably a bit shanty you know it's like a not, not here buddy <laughs> welcome to the real deal yeah. um so we got a state from the beginning that um i think uh, a lot of people were really excited that you're coming in i know you hear this all the time but you were I think everyone, boys and girls, uh, crush. Well, that's, I mean... When, when, when we were younger, and sure now as well, you were, honestly, you were every single person's crush. And so one of these things, you like, like sort of going back to like when you're a sort of teenager and thinking about it, it's pretty epic to have you here. Thank you very yeah, much. I don't know how you respond to that. Respond to it. No one has ever been picked up this much. My God, I'm so honoured. Um, end it there. You yeah, no, I mean, so see you later, man. Okay, yeah. uh, no, I, 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 I don't really think about stuff like that. Um, Do you not? No, I, I really don't. I mean, I um, sort of compartmentalise all that stuff and Do you, I box think, it up. And yeah. I think it's one of those things for you, it's because you had like so much fame and success from like an early age yeah like you know you, when you and your first band busted how, what year how was old, that how old were i was 16 you? yeah exactly you're 16 yeah so i literally i literally i was it was half term at school and um and i saw this ad in the paper that was like uh singer guitarist wanted for band and uh i, I said to my mom and dad i was like i'm gonna go down to this audition if, if that's cool and they were like, I don't think they really paid much attention. They're like, yeah, whatever. Do you know what yeah, mean? good luck. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so we got down there and and, and auditioned for the for the band. And I got on the train home and, and then got the call the next day saying we want you to come back down to London and uh, sort of meet again and meet the producers and everything and mm. the management. And then uh, the next day I got, you know, they're like, okay, we want you to move to London. And mum and dad were suddenly like, sorry, what? <laughs> and like, you know, like I was literally due to go back to school two days after that. Go back, you know, after half term. And I was like, okay, I'm leaving. So I sort of rang my mates. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> and they were like, what? what? So it's just, I know. And then, and then so surreal. I was so bizarre. And then we sort of lived in London in a hotel for six months while we were sort of going around record companies. And, and it was just a very so surreal. So you were unsigned at that point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had management, but there was who, no... Who put yeah. the ad out? Uh, the, well, the, man, the bat, Matt and James, who were already sort of, yeah. all of writing songs together as a band, and the management. Um, so it did have management. It wasn't just like but it wasn't, some pony show. It was like, come and take a chance, man. Um, but yeah, we, but, so they, they, I mean, they said there was a good chance we were going to get a record deal um, because, you know, a few songs had been written already. And, and we did have... We, we did have ins to go into the record company. So we literally got our acoustic guitars and went round every record company and sang in their office, like for Simon Cowell and, and, and all, you know, all the, all these, all these NR execs. And, and within about four months, we, we got a deal. So, 
It was. It all just happened pretty fast, you know. I want to talk about naivety in that situation, right? Because I always say naivety is our biggest weapon when we're younger. Yes. Because you you don't under, we don't understand about like rejection really. No. We don't understand about uh, the consequences of failure and stuff. So that's why we just do things because we have this sort of blind. That's really interesting. You're so right, and I th- I think like as you grow older, a lot of a lot of what sort of damages you is your um, fear of failure and and that can play into mental health and all the rest of it and your expectation of, of of failing or not well you're right when you're young it's kind of like oh here we go it's like i didn't really have any premonition of what was going to happen you know if it hadn't worked i think i'd have come back and thought oh that was a you know i'm glad i did it kind of mm-hmm. thing do you know what i mean um so at that point and being so young i mean literally i was a child mm. um i feel like i guess naivety was probably a, a strength at that point because I just didn't have any fear. Because you, you going into those, um, into like now knowing what you know about the music industry, yeah, and say you're going right, I'll do it. I, I well, go, for my sons, for instance, like telling them, what telling to them do. what to yeah. do. But the fact that you and the guys went into different record labels, just sang, yeah. That you just wouldn't. You just wouldn't. Well, now you wouldn't do that. You no. wouldn't do it. Really, I mean, how many TikTok followers you got? No, you're not coming in. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, now it's like it's a different premise. I mean, uh, get into a record company to play songs? No fucking way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's but it, back then that was so unique. And it, it, like I always say, naivety is such a wonderful thing. When we're younger. We just don't know things. No. And there's something so beautiful and so magical about that. There is, but also I think that can be taken advantage of quite heavily. Really? Um, yeah, and I, and I feel like um, I think people, I think the way the industry used to run um, was very much like you, you enter into a system which is sort of a closed door system and it's like, you know, the people in control are in control and you can't really talk back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like now, because a lot of artists and creatives sort of go out and make their own way or make their own luck using... They've got their own kind of outlets. Exactly. So, so, control so, yeah. so, so, so people can become quite successful now before any of these gatekeepers are are even, you know, talking to you. Um, which I guess I, it's new gatekeepers, though. The new gatekeepers yes. are the social media. But then I guess, but then the, the naivety question is like, but just because you're young, you're still going to be naive. And so, you know, the stuff that I know now is is crazy considering, you know, if I'd gone back to talk to myself, you know, 20 years ago, um, I definitely would have said, you know, do this, don't do that. And it's like, but that can only come with time, you know, it yeah. can only, only come with lived experience. Yeah. So uh, there's no real way around it. You know what I mean? It's funny. Uh, you may have the same... Thing. I don't want to jump around too much because it's so interesting. But uh, we, we did together this dumb reality show for so many years. And now having had that and having had the gatekeepers, as you said, like controlling everything, the narrative, whatever it was, I now have this complete fear of not having control. Yes. I, I, I do have that because I suppose being 16 years old, joining Busted, having these corporate people telling you where to go what to dress how to be yes do you now fight against that? well i mean i thought i left the band pretty much because of that do you know what i mean i i left the band at its height because i felt like i i, I don't know whether it's control but very much wanting to um you know i wasn't adhering to it but like i just felt like i wanted to take control of my own destiny do you know what i mean and do mm-hmm. things that i wanted to do for myself and not um you know the behest of anyone else so I don't know, man. It's like I, I felt like I had to grow up very quickly, and and the things that I l- learned in that short time, um, because Busted, you know, its first iteration, we're only around for three years. So it was a very short amount of time, considering how much we actually what did. What the hell? I know. So, you sold five million. Yeah, it was records. Yeah, 
in three years. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> it, it was. It was. I remember 2004. It was. I remember everything just went absolutely bananas. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I guess I felt like at the time um, that I was sort of losing control of you know what I of what what I wanted and what I wanted to be portraying myself as and and all the rest of it Do you know what I mean like I want I want to take you back to that so you're 16 years old you you've just joined uh the band were you always into music did, did yeah. that that was the thing that you wanted that's to do. been my life um I think I wanted to be a fireman until I was about seven and then it's quite uh, late. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. You yeah. only get past that like three. Four yeah, I know. Then, yeah. Just kept going with it. Farm and Sam cut me deep, man. Uh, <laughs> what finally crushed those dreams? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Backdraft, probably the film Backdraft. Does I know? For ages, I went and touched doors. I know. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I was like, also, why am I watching Backdraft at seven? <laughs> Yeah, your parents are really bad. <laughs> I remember. Just pop, pop this on, Charlie. Well, the thing is, mate, I, like, my, bro my older brothers used to watch all these films, so like Terminator 2 being on, and I would just sort of peep through the, the curtain. <laughs> I've been scarred by it all. What was the first movie that really scarred you? I, I know two. I Mine was American Werewolf in, oh, was it? in Paris, I think. It fucking freaked the shit. Yeah. I was so young. My dad was not like the greatest dad in that sense. We just let anything sort of go. Yeah. I, was, I couldn't walk home alone. I feel like I'm doing that right now. <laughs> Yeah, what, what your kids watching? Yeah, I mean, what should be exactly, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so you, so you ever since so seven years old, your dreams of being a fireman crushed, and that crushed. was music from then. Yeah, so um, my dad, um, you know, played a lot of music, uh, stuff like Jackson Brown, and um, you know, a lot of the sort of Laurel Canyon uh, stuff. He loved the Beatles, and then my oldest brother um, got massively into sort of Metallica and Guns N' Roses, and I just was being fed a lot of music. And then I sort of became obsessed with music and I started mm -hmm. to learn guitar at about seven or eight. And um, yeah, I got my first band and played my first show when I was like 10. And, um, 10? That's so yeah. young. What I'm was it about music though? Because also you're, you're, the sort of family tree is yeah. insane is a, a, a in terms lineage of, of... Yeah, there, yeah. I mean, on my mum's side, there's, there's like, um, there's quite a, a long history of mu music. My great, great grandfather was... Um, guy called Sir William Sterndale Bennett is actually buried in uh, Westminster Abbey. He was like a head of the Royal College of Music and um, quite a notable pianist of, of his time in the sort of, I think, late 17th century. And then uh, my, my, his son was head of music at the school I went to for a long time. And it's, I just feel like, yeah, there's definitely sort of musical genes swimming around. Thank God you didn't pursue the fireman. I know. And <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what? He's supposed to be in a band. But, um, but like, it's, it's, I don't know how you articulate this, right? Because you know people who paint right they just go i just what what, what is it about it what is it about I, it that you love oh I, I love i love um the way it makes me feel i love like music to me is a way to empower emotion and like it's like when i watch i love films and it's like my favorite film of all time is shawshank redemption and <laughs> we were just, just talking about, about that. yeah i mean it's just, just the most insane insane film and like uh, i mean frank darabont who directed that also directed um uh, the Green Mile, which is another one of my mm. favorite, favorite films, also you know written by Stephen King, which is kind of weird because he's a horror writer and the two of his most yeah, beautiful but it's pieces of work, writing, yeah, exactly. Story writing, and it's just and the way those films make me feel, it just it it brings out a sort of a, a huge emotional response. And when I listen to music, I like to get that same um, that same response from it. And so, I guess I always found making music is well, if I can make something that makes me feel that way then I don't have to rely on other people doing it to listen to it. I can be part of that process. So it was just a way for me to sort of do 
create stuff that I loved. And I think that's what's cool about being a musician is that you can just go into a studio, you know, pick up a guitar and and make yourself feel something and then hope, you know, hopefully other people feel it as well. But you're not doing it for that. You're doing it because you're, tr you're trying to create your own emotional response, you know? Yeah. How, how hard is it? You know, you, you then go into Busted and you get signed and all these different things. And I want to hear the whirlwind of all of that because it's exciting. But I suppose you're then, you've got two other people. Yes. You've got a record label. You've got loads of different things. And and you're talking about the fact what you love about music is the way that it makes you feel. And yeah. so you go, it makes me feel this way and I want other people to feel that. So, but what happens is when you have so many voices, perhaps you're not creating the stuff that you want to yes. feel. And so that must be hard because then you're not feeling you start, authentic. You start, yes. you start creating with an intention well, exactly. to deliver and, and to, to, be to honest, market. Exactly. To just and, like yeah. and that is the, that is the constant um, battle within i don't feel like business and art are supposed to really go together no Do you know what i mean it's a proper there, there's but explain that more but why? Because, because like if you think about it that it's a pro like music and anything that you're going to sell whether it be a film or music by its very nature is a consumer product because you're trying to get people to buy it mm. so the people that are going to be investing in you whether it be a, a you know a, a studio making a film or a record company putting out a record their intention when they give you money is to get that money back and make more money. Of course. Do you know what I mean? So unless you don't, unless that is not a feature at all, which is perfectly fine and that's awesome, but then you, then you can't worry if you don't make any money from it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, it, it, there's always going to be this balance. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, the classic thing is writing an album and the record company saying, 
you know, where's the singles or, you know, where's mm -hmm. the radio song? And I've been in situations before where I've like, I've written a piece of work that I love, you know, an album that I love, but I remember in the Five Star days, like, and the record company would say, yeah, we, you need to go back into the studio because we need a, a radio song. And it's like, fuck, you know, it's, it's, that's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You've got to go back and you've got to think, right, well, we've got to write a song that is going to have a better chance at radio. And it's like, you know, you can just reject that and that's fine. But then it, you've also got to think this is my job and I'm doing it for a living. So it's just this constant battle between the art and, and the business. And, and that has caused me great pain over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, just trying to find a balance within that that keeps me happy because it's like you, I need to wake up in the morning and be content with, with, with what I'm doing. But then I also, you know, need to I, I have a job that I need to, you know, pay, pay the, the bills, bills with. Mm -hmm. So it's tough. With, you know, being 16 years old and joining, 16 years old, dude, is so young. Yeah, so young. That's crazy. And so 16 years old, what, that would have been 2000. Or what, 2001. 2001. Yeah. So 2003 is when Busted kind of blew up. So yeah. you're 17, 18 years old. You just, you, whatever you are, 18. Yeah, when it, when it got big, I was 17, yeah. 17 years old. I, I, I have no clue. 17 years old, you have no idea about anything. How do you keep yourself sane um, with the fame, with the touring, with the access to alcohol, people, whatever it is? How do you control that? Uh, I think the only way I controlled it was through my um, network, family, friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, I never saw myself as... It, it's like if you get carried away with the outside perception of what you're becoming, mm. then you are down, bound to go down a, a, a difficult route, I think. You know, it's like, it's like Simon Cowell said, the classic, the classic saying, you know, don't believe the hype. Like, if you start believing the praise that is coming your way, and you start to think that is reality, then I think that you're gonna lose yourself. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I was like, it's but you, all- That didn't happen to you? No, I didn't because like, I- That I, is wild. No, but I think that's because my parents. I think that is because the, of my, what my parents instilled in me, what my brothers instilled in me. Like if I was ever becoming that, they'd just, you know, slap it out of me. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> as in they're like, don't believe the hype. Like if you start, mm. unless you see these artists sort of come, come out and they start thinking they're God's gift. And it's like, you're going to turn into an arsehole if you do yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that is, totally. dude, that's a unique uh, mentality. Well, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, I feel like it was- Strong I, family. Yeah, I think it is. It has right. to be. I think, it, be. I think that's the answer. Mm. I think that's the answer because, because the only way I can compute it. They're, they're your foundation then. They also come from a time in your life when you weren't that. So exactly. They're, so they're a root. Exactly. And that. if you start drifting, they'll be the first people to say that you're yeah. drifting. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah, mean, but it's but, but uh, yeah, but it's sort of fighting the regime almost. Like I, I, I was I was chatting to a friend of mine who uh, he he became quite famous and he and he did sort of, and then he basically just he turned to alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. And he he's got a lot of anger in him because he's like, why the hell didn't my parents? say you're being a dick. Why didn't my brother or my sister tell me I was being a dick? Yes. Really, and he's really annoyed about that. So I yes. actually spoke to him yesterday about it. And he said, so annoyed about it. And it's, it's, but it's hard being, being that young, having that much pain, that touring, not really, you know, not really much presence from probably people telling you what to do. They're just hyping you up all the time. It's a unique mentality to have. Yes. And yeah. And for parents to be able to have that strong sort of uh, your your opinion, your parents must be so amazing. It's, it's, you just hit them out of the head. That's exactly what it is. I wanted, I, I didn't want to disappoint them. I have a huge, the same huge respect and sort of wanting to 
Uh, what's the word? Um, you know, not please, but make proud. Yeah, make but my brother, my two older brothers are exactly the same. So I think that's it. And I, you know, if and and I would be thinking to myself, you know, what would they think of this, or you know, how how would they perceive this? So yeah, it's, it's just a strong family connection. I think when you when you get signed by a band, or is it do, do, is it like an advance? Do people say, "Here's the money, bang, now go"? How does that work? Yeah. So we got we got um, we got a big, pretty big advance when we were um, sixteen. Um, I spent some did some silly things bought some silly cars um, what can you tell me what advance you got uh i mean we got i don't know if I, I, I might, I, we can always cut it out yeah okay so we got like near a million pounds for our for our age 16 as well is, yeah. you must have been oh, like what <laughs> yeah do you um, remember that movie i'm talking of movies that movie blank check where the kid oh, yeah the yeah, kid yeah. the kid got written a blank check and he wrote a million quid and he went out and spent it it was a great movie back in the day no i remember but i, but I, but I remember I remember. Do you remember Wayne's World? Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know with the, with Excalibur. Mm. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I did. I literally walked <laughs> down to Denmark Street, and I was like, I, I want that one. And he was like, it's like, not today, my good man. I'm just, today I'm gonna buy. <laughs> and I had this silver Paul Reed Smith guitar that I just wanted my entire childhood, pretty much. Like the the, the bag of silver chair, who I loved, Daniel Johns played it, and it was like that was the most. I was like, one day I will mm. buy that guitar. Went straight down to Denmark Street. Cash. Wow. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a good day. That's a great a day. day. Yeah. Well, uh, and so that's what happens. You get given the advance and then everything begins. Yes. So how does it, how does it work? You then sit in a room, you start writing and you start recording. Yes. And then you go, okay, we think this is good. Do you send yep. it to the record label? The record label go, okay, we like it. And then you put it out there. Yeah. So the, the difference with that is that the record company signed us off the songs we had. So it was like we were recording songs that they already knew or right. they already thought were going to be, mm. you know, good songs to release. So, um, you know, we'd done songs like What Was Cool For You, 2000. Like those songs were in existence. I think if a band, the trouble is, like if a band gets signed off hype, like you like saying, and they mm. haven't actually got the songs yet. And then it's like, here's a load of money. Now go and write the songs. Yeah. That's very dangerous, I think. It's just like... Well, you have, what are you signing this band I for? I guess that probably happens more so these days. Probably. You've got oh, absolutely. All these people with like mass following. So they're like, right. 100%. Can you make some music? And do you well? know what? <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Mm. And it's like, and then it's just a load of, let's chuck a load of, the, chuck, chuck a load of things at the wall and see what sticks. So, yeah. I mean, I think that um, it's just a different industry now, man. Like, I, I honestly, really? I, I look at the industry now and I, it's, it's, it's something I don't even recognize anymore. But, like, but why though? But because, because I feel like, the premise has shifted. It's not about making music anymore. The, I mean, the, I'm just going to sound like, I'm going to start like, sounding like, like a grumpy old man. No, but it's like, you know, the premise before was let's write music and let's go in and record it and let's put that out. I, I think the record companies are less interested in that now. It's like how many TikTok followers have you got? Like how much, it's about content now. It's not the whole paradigm. The whole thing has shifted it's, into this it's, new it's thing. It's gone so far on the business end from a business mind they're going right this is a sure bet because they've got like three million followers so yes. whatever we put out yeah is gonna land and also it shows it's so short-sighted because it's like there's not there's no thought of let's invest in an artist for the next 10 years it's like let's invest in a hundred artists and then if one of them gets past six months then great but then we'll be on to the next one do you know what i mean it's it's proper burn rate, yeah, burn rate. It's, you're never going to create like you know the next no of- but i but I, part of the problem with that is that now we live in this play, playlist generation where these songs are huge on Spotify and people are just adding them into their personal 
uh, playlist. I don't think a lot of people that have songs in their playlist really know who the artist even is. Mm. They don't know there's, what they look like. There's no connection. We, we've spoken about this before. I remember when I was a kid, like I would have pretty much, I'd have one CD. I'd go away on holiday. Yeah, one album. Like I had the Chili's uh, album and I listened to it. On CD? I, 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 I love yeah, that. The Chili's. <laughs> 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 but I had the chilies, man. <laughs> Can't even remember what album it was. <laughs> yeah. but, man, it was actually a cover band. I had the, the chilies. Yeah, I, I had the fucking chilies. <laughs> my, 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 emotional, my emotional connection to that album was just so strong. Mate, I, Each song, and I knew how it was going to flow into well, the Yes, your lane. Yes, but, mate. Your lane. Yes. But now, like, they have 200 songs in a playlist, yep. and they don't have a fucking clue what it is. Exactly, mate. And, and I even find that as well. I, you know, you just consume. We consume so much yes. more. And there's no like emotional exactly but but no, I think what you agree what you're saying is we all had our football team right that's that's what it's so good music for me back in the day was was like a tribal thing yes you, you were you were in punk you were in pop you were in rock you were in rap you were in yes. whatever it was and you yes. you had your lane you it was fought like for on it. your Bebo, yes. Bebo page you yeah, had to, yes you had so the, but the only thing with that is I feel like. So I had issues. I, I faced I faced I faced problems with that when I when I left Boston and went to Firestar because obviously those two lanes were not yeah, coexisting. They were different very different worlds, lanes, yeah. and I and it was a and I had a huge uphill climb to get over to the the lane that Firestar did, and we did it. And and I was you know a lot of people thought that I wouldn't be able I to. Get, do I it. guess you've got two battles there because you've got the old world being like, why the fuck's he going over to there, and then yeah. you've got this new world being like, well, you don't belong here. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're this like exactly. And, and the weird thing is, I grew up with that. I grew up with a you know it was it was. But anyway, regardless of that, that happened and, and it was a struggle at the time. But now, though, the fact that these lanes have sort of blurred actually makes it easier for artists to do um, different projects of different music. And actually, that's fine. And I think that's a good thing. I think what, you know, I, I'm the tribalism, as you say, was so strong back then. Like you just, you, you know, it's very hard to do anything outside of what you're sort of known for doing. I think now, you know, you've got Bring Me the Horizon um, doing a duet with Ed Sheeran. I don't think that would have happened 20 years ago no. or 10 years ago. I just don't think that... But is that a good thing? I think that's a good thing. I think mm -hmm. that is a good thing because I think that it, it opens the lanes for different genres to be mixing and, and um, you know, you can probably create more interesting stuff if people are more open-minded to think, well, that's fine. You know, we can have something that's pop doing, mm -hmm. you know, collaborating with something that's rock. I think that is a good thing. You then decide to leave. I, I, I You're 19 years old or whatever you are, 18. Yeah, 19, 18, yeah. 19 years old. Um how on earth do you even approach that situation? You know, to, to, to break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend, to get, deliver bad news is hard for anyone. Yeah. You have to deliver the worst news. Yeah, How horrible, do you do that? Horrible, horrible. What, what happens on the day? I mean, horrible. Do you, do you like organize a day? Like, all right, I need to get the boys together. Yeah, so what yeah, is the day? How yeah. does it happen? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I spoke to them on the phone about it and I, I think it was pretty apparent at that point that I was um, not in a great place with it. You know, mm. I, I think that I felt that my, um, we, we'd gone to America to shoot uh, this TV show over there. And um, yeah, I just, I, I just wasn't in a good mental place with it. And I, I just thought I, I need to, um, I need to do something different. I need to um, separate myself from this basically. It's quite a mature thing to do in 19. I feel weird talking about this because yeah, I, I can sense I, you do what, but, but, because, because I because I, I don't like to feel like I'm I'm ungrateful for what I had. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I know I know that a lot of people are upset by the decision that I that I had, and I, I I tense up when I talk about it because I feel like I was so grateful. I'm so I am so grateful for the opportunities that mm. I was given, and yeah. and I loved what we did. Like I, the experience was amazing, but then I wasn't happy within myself, and 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 
I had to listen to that part of me. And, and, I, and I think it was important at that time to, to sort of, to separate myself from it. And, and to be fair to Matt and James, they were incredible about it because I was taking away effectively something that they still wanted to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, 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 and I, and I know, I don't think I really grasped that at the time. It's, it's, it's taken years of a retrospective thinking to think, you know, for them to have been as gracious as they were and supportive of me at that time, when I was taking something away from them that they clearly loved, was, uh, you know, made me feel bad and, and, and has made me feel bad over the years. Um, but I, I always come back to this thing that I, I, I had to get out of bed in the morning and be happy with what I was doing. I had to be content within myself because what's the point if I, do you know what mm. I mean, if I wasn't? Mm. So um, there's, there's a yeah. lot of- It was, it was a tough time, man. Yeah, I can imagine it is. And what we're talking how, how many years ago, and I think what you're perhaps leaning towards there is that your your mental health was suffering. Yes. and. And how does that sort of, we actually talk a lot about mental health in this podcast, just because I think firstly, dudes talking about that is a great thing. Yes. How did, how did that manifest with it? Did you, was it anxiety, depression? What, what I mean, happened? at that time, I, 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 I just, I just was, I mean, to be honest, it's a bit, it's a bit blurry, um, that period of my life, but I think I was just, um, yeah, anxious and, and I just, I just wasn't happy. I just, yeah. I just wasn't a happy person. Do you know what I mean? I was all this crazy. And you stuff. should be happy. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's all, the exactly all this crazy That's stuff. The paradox. Yeah, all this crazy stuff going. And, and, and the people and the people like was you know would say, you know, cheer up. You're gonna make loads of money. Kind of. Like, Why aren't you happy? You're making loads of money. It's like. That's not what fucking makes you happy. Do you no, know what I mean? It's and it's like, and people couldn't comprehend it. Like people were like, I think people were like. Yeah, the, the sort of the suits in the in the room were kind of like, what are you doing? Like, what mm -hmm. are you doing walking away from this? You are. You, you're you're like at you're the height, the you're height of your you know of this fucking thing, and and you're gonna and you're gonna give it all away. And I was like, honestly, I just I want to make I want to be happy. That's that's what I'm really trying to achieve here. But but and again, my parents, my parents were such a big part of it because they yeah. were there with me and you know helping me navigate. Yeah. That. What was their kind of advice on on that? They're, they're just we just want you to be happy. That's all yeah. they cared about. And then their friends Amazing. were saying to them, you know, are you gonna sort of let Charlie walk away from this, like. Because it was like it's so funny how the, how like, yeah. the money side of oh things it, it, it pushes people into it such really a weird, does so it's so inhumane almost it's like yeah. I know you're really unhappy but like there's this thing that I know we're dangling in front of you I know and it's it but again it's like I, this manifests itself in so many different areas of life and um and it's it's a it's a you know money is a powerful thing to people and it, mm. and you know some people that's all they chase and that's all that they want and if that's if that I'm, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what they want but I feel like it is at what cost you know okay guys we are going to stop there for the end of part one but please stick around go and click over to part two where you can hear the rest of the podcast with Charlie Simpson stop sniffing Mitt <laughs> I actually just burped oh, then mid uh, sorry sorry here about that. click over to part two bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.